When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, welcome to the latest Sentinel Delilah podcast. And with me across the table, I have two gentlemen, two very familiar gentlemen, very popular. Lou Macari, one of the most popular and successful Stoke City managers. Welcome, Lou. Thanks, Martin. And to your right, my left, is Sir Neil Baldwin. He's nodding. It won't be long, will it? It won't be long, Neil. You hope not. He's got a biscuit in his mouth as we speak. Yeah, he's chewing a biscuit. We've got a box of biscuits to keep him going. Hopefully he'll uh, chew those between answers. But welcome, gentlemen. We're going to talk, um, obviously, about the 1990s and then jump forward to Marvellous, that great play about Neil's yeah. life. Lou, first of all, what, what impact has, has Nello, Neil, had on your life? Um, well, one I never thought would happen, to be honest with you, Martin, because once you're a footballer and you played your football and you move into management and then you move out of management, that's your sort of life in the public eye over and done with and gone. Sometimes you're delighted that that's the case, other times a little bit sad, but because of Neil and because of Marvellous, uh, right out of the blue, um, uh, we sort of, how's the best way to put it Neil, we sort of came to prominence again yeah. um, because, because of a film. I never did I believe that the film would be on television, never did I believe it would uh, get an award and never did I believe it would make the impact that it has made on on lots of people, um, not just talking about people in Stoke and Trent but you know all over the, the country when I go different places and do some dinners and people always talk to me about Marvellous, how did it happen? Um, how did you meet Neil? Same questions as you're going to ask me. It was, it was madness, was it? Neil, could, could you have imagined the fame you've had second time round because of this play? Well, I think it's been a great uh, achievement and it's been great knowing Neil as stock manager. How, how good was Lou as a manager? Very good. <laughs> the best? I would say. Not far. In my time, yeah. Don't, yeah. That's because I was the only manager you ever had. No, I had no. What do you want? Oh, funny one. Joe Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Jordan, funny. Are you kidding me? With no teeth in <laughs> But I said to Kevin Shout, bum, when I saw him on Saturday, I said, after you did the legging, I was getting it, Joe Jordan. <laughs> oh, of course. I better not. Joe Jordan broke Kevin Sheldon's leg. Yeah, as Joe Jordan was reminded on the day he joined Stoke as manager, not by me. Well, let's turn it right back, Lou, to when you first met Nello. If I remember rightly, you hadn't been at the club long. We go in mm. 1991, and there were a group of fans outside, weren't there? Yeah, Neil was one of them. Um, and as the the film shows you, uh, there's a number out there. And six or seven hours later, when I came out, they'd all gone quite rightly so because it was pouring the rain, and Neil was still there. And I thought who's this guy and why is he still here and he was just there to, to sort of welcome me into the job and wish me all the best so I get into conversation with him, asked him what he what he did and uh, he said he was unemployed and I said well what did you do and he said I used to be a circus clown and I 
I didn't laugh, but I was chuckling. You didn't believe him? No, I, I, I just thought, well, I've never heard of a soccer's clown getting the sack unemployed because <laughs> he's had a dispute with somebody. So I just, um, and then the more I talked to him, the more I, I just got a, a feeling about Neil. Never, I'd never met him before. I'd never seen him before. But you get a feel with, about people and I, I just thought, I think as an ex-circus clown, he could be useful in the dressing room. Um, and then I said to him, Would he, who does he support? And he says, oh, I'm Stoke City fanatic, because he could have been Port Vale, so I, I wanted to make sure of that. Um, and, um, no chance of that, Neil. <laughs> and after um, chatting to him, I said to him, would you like a job at Stoke? Because I knew I didn't have to... Um, sort of run a position of kit man past the chairman or anything and I knew he would uh, which he did do throughout my time and still give me more or less a free hand to do to do what I wanted without reporting back to him every day and um, I said would you like a job with me at Stoke and he said well as I said uh, kit man and he said yeah brilliant I said right you start on Monday nine o'clock come and see me in the office and we'll crack on from there he turned up at nine o'clock we went to the costume shop up in, up in Hangley, um, got a chicken outfit on him, and I thought... Oh, straight away? Yeah, right away, this is, this is how I'm going to... What did you think of that, Neil? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, had it, I had it on all day at Bournemouth. Yeah, all later on. Did you wonder what he'd let yourself in for? Not really, no. No, he was an entertainer, wasn't he? In the circus, yeah. he entertained, so I thought... He can entertain the lads we've got, and you know when the times come along. This was the serious point to it, wasn't it? This was the serious point. Yeah. When the times come along where results don't go your way and everyone's a bit down, uh, my man here would, would lift them. Um, so I got the outfit on and um, players in the dress room, and I said, "Want to introduce a new kit man to you lads?" And I brought him in with his chicken outfit on, and I won't repeat what was said, but you can imagine we're a bunch of footballers. Um, and that was him, he was up and running and from that day on I think it's fair to say that they got on great with him and and um, he was a success But they bore into it? Yes, without right, eventually. Without, well they bought into it, I think they bought into it the first day when yeah, you started ordering you around and telling yeah. you get them this and get them that and, and once they found out he was a circus clown yeah. they, it was, you can imagine what it was like wow. <laughs> But they must have wound you up a bit, Neil, some of them. They did, but we got on it. It was all good-humoured. And beast them. What about Who wound you up the most? Big Who? Oh, oh, Steve Foley, yeah. What did he do? Free my shoes off the box one. Oh, yeah. Uh, we went to... It just reminds me of lots of stories. We went to Africa, <laughs> believe it or not, and... Um, <laughs> On the bus going to the hotel, Steve Foley going through this village, which was like you would imagine mm. a village in Africa. Steve Foley threw one of his shoes out the window, and there was a scramble for that shoe. So some some kid in Africa who's now grown up mm. with one shoe, it's got Neil Baldwin's shoe. Little does he know that it wasn't just the Neil Baldwin that was a stock kit manager at the time. Mm. It's now Neil Baldwin, the uh, the film yeah. star. That shoe be worth something. Yeah. <laughs> It was in Tanzania everywhere. Yeah. Mm. I remember you going on that trip. How did you get Neil into the country? No, that was a good path. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the away days, you must have loved those, the away oh, days. Yeah. 
and obviously not Africa every week, but no, but you got some great trips, yeah. and you really felt part of the team. Yeah, Bournemouth was good, Neil, wasn't it? Pre-season, oh, yeah. yeah. What happened at Bournemouth, Neil? I had um, a chicken outfit on. Was it not a Ninja Turtle? I think you did not have a Ninja Turtle on that day. No, not for me. All right, sorry, excuse me. He <laughs> 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 should know. <laughs> right, and you got on the bus at Stoke, didn't you? Yeah. Um, I think, it's, and it's fair to say, about four hours later, when we arrived at Bournemouth, he still had the chicken outfit on, or a turtle, Ninja Turtle. <laughs> chicken was alright. I, I took the head off him. And just as well I did because his face was starting to go blue. <laughs> had it been on any longer, we may have lost uh, our kit manager, yeah. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have gone four hours without eating though, how did you eat with that suit on? When we had uh, old time. Yeah, old made, time. made up for it. Who were your favourite players around that time, Neil? There were some great players for Stoke, weren't there? Yeah. Who were the ones you really got on well with? Uh, oh, some Vince Overson. Um, yeah. Uh, Prudhomme. Yeah, goalkeeper. One of the Steely was one of your favourite, wasn't he? Yeah, Little Mark. Mm-hmm. It was Yeah. Well, I'm going to say... Things he liked. Yeah. Yeah, and you still keep in touch with them, don't you? Right. You see a lot of them. In Sanford. Yeah, Lee Sanford. Sometimes. We're pl- well, we are trying to plan a night out with me and Neil with, with all the ex-players we had. Yeah. Um, just to bring everyone back and yeah. what on stage you mean? No, no, just oh, right. and then go and stalk or yeah. somewhere and right and um, and treat them to a night out and you won't have to wear any outfit. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should get on stage though, especially if you get some of the lads back. Yeah. Relive the memories. What for you Lou, were the great memories of that time? Promotion, obviously. Uh, best memory for me, uh, Martin, was because it was funny as well, the night we played Manchester United at Victoria Ground in the League Cup, I think it was called at the time. Yeah. Um, Manchester United were in town, obviously Sir Alex, the manager, uh, a manager who never likes to lose a football match. And it was back in the days where people didn't change their teams around, although you hoped that they would do when it was Manchester United. And of course for me, being an ex-Manchester United player, uh, I'm now the stock manager and I'm desperate to win the game because it's against uh, probably the best manager this country has ever seen. I don't think there's very many people who could disagree with that, what his record is and what he did over his career. Not just in England, but in, in Scotland as well with Aberdeen. So Manchester United in town and, and it's the first leg of a two-legged affair. Um, we want to get a good result, but I'm well aware that you know the, the gap between the two sides is, is huge and we're probably not going to get the result that, that we want especially if they play a, a full-strength side. Uh, so team, start, start with two divisions below at that well, We had two divisions yeah. below, yeah, and uh, team boss arrives, and you always knew the team, but the opposition team boss says that you always knew when they arrived at, uh, at the ground because it was right next to where my office was and you could hear all the Stoke fans shouting various things to them, like, um, oh, I won't repeat no, it. <laughs> but you can imagine what it was like yeah. and, and gave them that... Um, that welcome, I think, that was famous at the Victoria Ground. Mm. Um, Neil here, who loves a celebrity, was desperate to meet Sir Alex. And I was desperate that he didn't meet Sir Alex. Because Alex, being the total professional that he is, and plots and plans everything to perfection, I didn't want Neil barging into the United dressing room 
you know, during their team talk or anything like that. Dressed as a chicken. Dressed as a chicken. <laughs> and give them an excuse to um, maybe have a go, go as full-time if we've managed to win the game. Um, but I know from kick-off when the team sheets are exchanged, I got the United team and I looked at it and it was just as usual. Smeichel, Dennis Irwin, Gary Pallister, Brian Robson, Mark Hughes... Mm. Uh, Brian McClare and I thought oh he hasn't he hasn't left anybody out that uh, I, I would like him to have left out obviously Sparky Brian Brian McClare and, and Mark Hughes two prolific goal scorers and you know when you're a team two divisions down you don't want to be playing against them you're hoping there's an apprentice playing or, or some young kid that we've never heard of who's, who's making his way in the game but they two were up front so I jokingly, and it was a joke, I jokingly said to Neil, look at that team, Neil, we've no chance, you be as well, take the team talk. <laughs> so before I knew it, he's got all the players round him in the dressing room. And I won't go through what he said, but he said some very uncomplimentary things about the Manchester United team, didn't you? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so then the, the bell goes at, at uh, I think it was half seven kickoff back in those days, normal times. The bell goes at, 25 past 7 and teams are lined up our team's lined up and I said to Neil final word Neil and he said win um, short and sweet so out they went yeah no, no, nothing fancy so out they went and of course um, I don't need to remind Stoke fans uh, little Steenie scored two fantastic goals right. and when you can beat Schmeichel the way he did I think that proves they fantastic goals um, Victoria ground erupted um and getting close to the end, Matt, I remember it, looking at, uh, looking at my watch, looking at the referee, looking at the, asking my assistants how long do they think there is to go. Um, and of course, the final whistle went and we all jumped up with joy and, and mm. realised what a great result we had. It ended up 2-1, first leg. Um, but I forgot about this man. I forgot about him who's always sat in the back behind me and I completely forgot about him. And the next thing, I looked down the track and I see him shaking Sir Alex's hand <laughs> and I'm thinking oh my god I hope he doesn't say anything wrong uh, and I hope he's not said anything because Alex I wouldn't say he was raging but he doesn't like to lose and uh, and he would have been very very unhappy um, so after the game uh, he comes into my office and uh, I'm in the office and right out of the blue he says to me who was the big guy that came on the track to me and I was cringing, I was thinking, oh no. I said, why is that boss? And I always called him boss, even though he was never my boss. Um, why is that boss? He said, because, um, I said, what did he say to you? He said, he said, welcome to Stoke. And I said, oh. <laughs> you like for that. But yeah, this is after, you know, my legs have just lost and we've won, he's raging. And I said, oh, don't bother, you know, forget about me. He just, he just wanted to meet you. Um, he said, who is he anyway? I said, he's our kit man. I said, he, he used to be a circus clown. And I won't repeat what Sir Alex said. Mm. And then I told him, then I told him that uh, there's even worse news for you, boss. I said, he did the team talk. <laughs> he said, don't be telling anybody that. It could harm my reputation. So that, that for me was our best night. When I say everybody's best night yeah. connected with Stoke at, uh, at the Victoria ground. Certainly mine and, and, and certainly Neil's. You remember that one fondly, Neil. Mm -hmm. Now, another game you remember fondly, 
testimonial game at Villa Park. I think oh, it was for yeah. Gordon Cowan's It was league. Gordon Cowan's, yeah. yeah. 1990, whatever it was. Three. Now, you're a kit man that day. Had you got any inkling whatsoever that Lou might just shove you on the pitch in the last five or ten minutes? I know you said you were having me on. <laughs> Did you believe him? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so you, was he stripped in kit ready to go? Yeah. Yeah. And when did, what happened when the call came, Neil? Went on. Yeah, we didn't, it wasn't as simple as that, though, was it? I asked no. you to warm up. <laughs> and you warmed up in front of the dugout, mm. which I then said, no, go and warm up behind the goals where all the Stoke yeah. fans were. Mm. So we went behind the goals to warm up, and they all started chatting, and we were mellow. Because well, there were a lot of Stoke fans there, wasn't there? Yeah. Over 2,000, I think, on yeah. that night, two or 3,000. So I thought, um, I was going to put them on anyway. And they were all chatting, we want Nello, so yeah. told them to get stripped probably five minutes earlier, because I knew he wouldn't last probably <laughs> three minutes of the game. Um, so, and then we got young, didn't we? Yeah. On he went, and... Um, and it was good. Still not sure though, Mark, because my memory tells me he never got a kick that night. But if you look at Marvellous, it tells you he scored with this uh, unbelievable header. Mm. So you better ask the man himself, did he score or didn't he? Neil, what happened? I should have scored. <laughs> um, when was a player named Tony Kelly. Tony Kelly, yeah, I remember. Batman. Yeah. And uh, everybody knew what I was going to do, but he didn't know. You were sent on to score? Mm. Yeah. So what, what happened? Nicked the ball off. Nicked it and made a mess of him. You'd have scored? Mm. What did you say to him? Don't swear. Don't ever speak to me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he did, he did, he did mess around, man. <laughs> have you ever forgiven him? Not really. Not really, because uh, I rung him up a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And he said he was working, but I don't think he was. <laughs> he was in bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> The argument continued long into the night, let's say that, because mm. what did happen was we got a corner kick and I informed all our players to get out, I think through Cranny and Vince Olis and informed all the players to get out the penalty area for this corner, which was going to be rolled along the ground for Neil to control, smash it in the back of the net. Mm. But somebody forgot to tell Tony Kelly, unfortunately. And just as the ball was coming towards you, he nipped in, took it off your toes, didn't mm. he? and smashed it wide. And then missed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my goalkeeper was your... Nigel Spink, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good goalkeeper. And you'd have beaten him, there's no question. I think I would. Can you imagine the celebration, Neil? Oh, would you let them kiss you? I could, not <laughs> I think he had his goal celebration ready, though. Didn't you? I think you had a goal celebration well, I ready. Oh yeah, he scored a goal at Port Vale a couple of weeks ago. Oh, uh, in the charity game? Yeah, charity game there. But he lost, and I was part of his team that night. I was his kit man. So that's how times have changed, man. Well, I know, roles reversed. I'm yeah. in the number two position. Well, you had to check his diary about today, didn't you? Yeah. Come in here. Now, some of the get-ups, I've written a couple down here, Neil. Talk us through the chicken we've spoken about. The kilt. What's the story behind the kilt? The kilt was a great time because I was one of the new signings from Scotland. <laughs> and he was a good lad. And he was the chap who did it. Oh, from 
Oh, Ivan. Ivan, Ivan, Ivan Gaskell. Yeah, yeah, Ivan. Ivan yeah. Ivan Gaskell from That's the BBC. Right. Did, did an interview with you. Yeah. Well, he was interviewing Lou, and you were just you were yeah. just circling around in this yeah. huge. It was a DVD for Stoke. Yeah. And um, I think there'd been a bit of speculation we were maybe going to sign some Scottish player. So I thought we'd we'd dress up a little bit and bring you on as that mystery Scottish player and yeah. and um, we didn't plan it. We just we just said right, we're going to do this, and I'll be in the interview, and then you come round, Neil, but. Obviously, he played his part when he lifted the kilt off, which I didn't tell him to. No. <laughs> I didn't tell him he to wear anything. Um, you were wearing some pants. He was, he was oh, wearing number oh, pants, yeah. Um, so that, that, that worked fantastically well, and everybody, everybody was happy. And that was typical, though, wasn't it, of off training. Obviously, when they were training, that was serious. But when they weren't, when it was downtime, that was typical of the spirit. Oh, they moved around the place, wasn't it? You, want, you wanted to smile on it. From the minute we walked back into the dressing room after training, Mm. Um, I think the best way I can describe it, Martin, was all hell let loose, and it was a case of people shouting at him, um, saying derogatory things about him, and him bouncing back, and, sh- and I could hear him from my office shouting. The voices would echo yeah. down that corridor. Yeah, yeah. voices would echo down the corridor, I could hear this banter going on, and um, then he'd come to me and say, hey, he just said this to me, and I just said, well, go and say the same to him, so he'd go back up. <laughs> This was this was non-stop. This was every day, um, and it, it was great. It was well. It worked. It worked. It worked. That's the bottom line, isn't it? Yeah. Now I've also got written down here, Lord Keel. We know you got strong affiliations with Keel and the university. Yeah, man. And one day you actually were Lord Keel, weren't you? Yeah. Go on, tell us about that. But yeah, yeah, it was an away game yeah, somewhere. Yeah, Hartlepool. Hartlepool, Hartlepool cool. away. Along the old tower. Yeah. Well, who said I'm low board when I came? And they gave me a cigar and everything. And you dressed up? No, you dressed up in the top hat and tails. And mm. you're right, Neil, I introduced them at reception as we walked in. I said, This is uh, Lord Baldwin of Keel. Very special person. Make sure you look after him. Of course, when they looked at him in the top hat and tails and all that, I think that convinced them. So from the moment we arrived, he got yeah. the five star treatment. And then at dinner at night, they came around yeah. with a Cigar box. Mm. Don't think you'd ever seen a cigar box before, had you? Oh, well, you had sorry about that. <laughs> and um, and he got the he got the special treatment. And then the next day at Hartlepool, mm. that special treatment continued because yeah. the supporters laid into him. He was still dressed. He was still dressed. Yeah. And when we came out and made our way up the track, past all the Hartlepool supporters yeah. who would normally shout at me, which is the manager, like shout whatever they want to shout. They were all like, eyes were on him, top hat and tails, and uh, couldn't believe what they were seeing. And, yeah. and um, actually took the pressure off me a little bit. I didn't get any verbal abuse. That wasn't the idea, Lou. No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> Send Neil out. Now, it all ended, didn't it, Neil? Well, it ended first time when Lou went to Celtic. We ever tempted to take him up there, or do you think um, um, he would struggle to fit in? Yeah. He said, oh, Glasgow fans would. Eat your life. Hey, me the Rangers supporters, I said, would eat yeah. your life. Um, no, I didn't, because I knew he was. This, is, he was this is his patch. This is it? his patch. And, yeah. and uh, he, I know what he said about Joe, but Joe was coming in, and I knew, and I knew Joe wouldn't find any fault in him because I know Joe well, and um, he started working under Joe, which obviously would be different mm-hmm. to to working under myself. Joe's, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Joe's a bit more serious than I am. And um, 
he worked there and you know what impact he made and during the time I was there I know for a fact when I spoke to Joe that he, he made a similar impact during Joe's time so he hadn't changed when you came back for your second spell no, manager still he, the same he can't change he's still the same today <laughs> <laughs> and then when Lou went the second time you, you must have been devastated Neil because you knew he wouldn't be back after that wouldn't you <clears throat> after the second time um, and we had Chris Kamara, isn't it? We had quite a season, didn't you? Chick Bates, Chris Kamara, Alan Durban. Mm. You saw them all off. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Durban still living? He's still living, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, not quite sure where. But the, the great thing about him, Martin, is that he's funny and he doesn't try to be funny. Which makes him funny. Which makes him even funnier. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. That's his secret, isn't it? Yeah, I remember. I remember the day he phoned me after I'd left, and after we we parted company, but he phoned me up not that long ago, and um, I was working at Old Trafford on a match day, doing the television. So obviously, as you know, you switch your phone off and only switch it back on again when the program finishes. Mm -hmm. So I switched it off, switched it back on at the end of the program, and his message from Neil ring me quickly. So thinking there's something possibly seriously wrong, I, I rang him right away and said, what's up? He said, um, where are you? Oh. <laughs> and I said, Manchester. He said, are you coming past my way? And I said, well, you know where I live. Um, you know I don't actually come right past your way because of where you are, up near Keel. He said, well, can you come past my way? I said, well, of course I can come past your way. So he said, right, bring me cod, cod chips and mushy peas, can you? So I thought, this is how times have changed now. You know, I, I, That's all we wanted. Yeah. Dinner. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went, I put the phone down and uh, phone rang again and he said, oh, and a Diet Coke. So um, that's an indication how the, the sort of, uh, the pendulum has swung his way now. I used to give him the orders. He now yeah. gives me the orders. Um, but, you know, after I put the phone down, I thought, that's funny. That is funny. No Baldwin is now offering me around. He, he saw nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. <laughs> no and, I, and I thought... Probably thought you got nothing else to yeah. do. Yeah. And I thought, well, that, that's great. And, and <clears throat> that's Neil. Mm -hmm. um, and that, he had that, you know, that little bit of that charisma that he's got. And I thought he'd lost it, though, Martin. I thought he'd lost that little bit of charisma because not that long ago go back to that team talk that night against Manchester United and the dividends we got which is a win not that long ago the manager of Congleton Town who I know well and he knows well asked him to go to Congleton to do the same sort of thing give a, a team talk because his job was on the line Mike McDonald wasn't it his job was on the line and this was an important FA Vaz game at Congleton so he asked Neil to go over and speak to the team so over he went, I didn't know this at the time, but I've been told since, over he went, Mike McDonald's job on the line, big game for them, they lose 5-0. Mike McDonald gets a sack after the game, so I'm thinking, he's lost it. Then this Novus, this charity match a couple of weeks ago, Neil Baldwin 11 versus Novus 11, um, beating 4-1 there, 4-2 rather, he scored a penalty in the last minute. And I'm thinking, he's definitely lost it. But then, he's recovered because he was. He keeps telling me this, he was the last person to speak to 
Corbyn. Jeremy Corbyn in Stoke and wish him all the best. And in fairness, he, he was a no-hoper to start with yeah. in the election and almost pulled it off. So yeah. I think it's maybe back now. He had that little spell where yeah, it didn't work. Yeah. It's maybe back now. Yeah. Uh, we've got to mention Marvis, we mentioned it earlier on. I think it was about 2014, Lee, wasn't it, when they started to get the idea together? Yeah. And I remember speaking to you, saying people want to get in touch with you about this. And you'd got your doubts, as, as we all had, I think, that they could make anything of this. Mm. But what a monumental success it was, and how it changed Neil's life again. That, I mean, suddenly, Neil, you're yeah. at the BAFTA Awards and things like that. I mean, your feet never touched the ground, did they? No, it was a great night. But the whole thing, could you believe how successful it was, Neil? I can now, mm. because everybody knows me. Who was the most famous person you met? Because you shook a few hands, didn't you? Prince Edward. Yeah. Um, Amy was at the Jew. The, the Managers Awards? No, uh, Garolinica. Oh, right. I mean, Garolinica. Garolinica, yeah. Yeah. Well, they all know you now, don't they? Mm. Oh, and I'm, ex I'm experiencing that as well, Martin, because I'm, I've been with them when I've been completely ignored. <laughs> it's not funny. Yeah, um, Euston Station about two months ago. Uh -huh. get, uh -huh. <laughs> and um, we arrived at Euston, got off the train, we're going to a dinner down there and uh, going down the platform, I can hear some people running down saying, there he is, there he is. So there's two ladies. Um, one put her bag down and the other one said, oh, I want a picture with you. And the other one went into her bag and picked up the camera and gave it to me and said, could you take a picture of us, please? And I was just about to take the picture, and this other woman said, oh, I know you, which is to me now, and yeah. she said, you're the other guy in the film. So... The other guy. Yeah, I'm the other guy in the film. So things like that, I've, um, I'm, I'm embarrassed sometimes to be, to be with him because he just, he just knocks me aside, nobody wants to know me, and I'm, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, you know me because my football career in Scotland and World Cup and all that, but he's, uh, he's, the one they he's zoomed past me and he's just told me driving here that he went to Switzerland <laughs> about uh, two or three months ago, last year was it, and um, getting off the plane, the captain of the plane was standing there and said to him, nice to have you aboard Mr. Marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> He takes it all in his stride, though, doesn't he? It's never gone to his head, has it? Um, or has it? Not really, no. I'm still, well, you I'm do, still you, the same Neil Baldwin. But you do order me around a little bit, don't you? You do. <laughs> you do. But he remembers all his old friends, that's the main thing. Yeah. yeah. What does he do? Does he get that walking stick, Lou, and just give you a nudge? Yeah. <laughs> no, he hasn't, he hasn't changed it. should uh, <laughs> Sir Alex. Yeah. When, before he saw... Oh, yeah. I think that's probably, because um, it's a football-related film, that's probably the biggest compliment we've both had. Um, when I was on tour with United, Sir Alex joined the tour in America, and he was in the restaurant, saw me, and right away made a beeline across the restaurant to, to speak to me, and I thought, oh, here we go. There's trouble, because the only time Alex normally does that, there's trouble, there's trouble for it, but he came over and he said, oh, just seen the film, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, best film I've ever seen. Tell the big man, which is obviously Neil. Tell the big man, uh, it, it was fantastic. 
And ever since, every time I bump into him, he, he can't stop talking about uh, marvellous. And being a, obviously a football man, football manager, he, he can he can see the funny side of it, and he can see the, the side of it that that he's seen that did work, as you've said a couple of times, Martin. It, it did work. It that chemistry was there. So I think when you get the compliment from from Sir Alex, and um, he's not going to mess around and, and give you a load of garbage. No. He's not going to say something just to please you. And he didn't mind boosting something. Yeah, yeah. We, I got him to send Neil a DVD for his birthday, and he sent it down to, to Keel and and a card and all that. So I think that's that recognition that uh, that we both had is. You know, it's fantastic for both of us. We we we, uh, we then realise how successful it's been. And Sir Alex, I told Neil, Sir Alex has seen it three times, which is uh, then I asked Neil how many times he's seen it now, and how many times have you seen it? Eighteen now. Eighty. Seen it eighty. Eighty, 80 times, yeah. All the way through. Most yeah. Time. And Martin, ask him how how he can watch it eighty times. How can you watch it eighty times? <laughs> Because it's a famous film. <laughs> I know this is good. <laughs> is, is there a favourite bit in the film that you always like, Neil? Oh, yes. Beyond. Oh, the Ah, yeah, I forgot to ask you about that. There is a scene in there, isn't there, where um, Toby Jones, the actor, obviously, is wearing how many underpants? Um, Fourteen. Fourteen, and it's a true story. It is. It's, what, what happened? It's, um, it's all true stories, man. It's just been messed around a little bit, and... It was um, Tranmere Rovers versus Stoke at, uh, at Tranmere, 12 o'clock kick-off, Liverpool at home the same day, and um, we went there in the dressing room as you do, and, and uh, players are getting stripped off, and Martin Carruthers was flashing about this new pair of silk boxer shorts that he'd bought in Kendall's in Manchester. And of course back then, we're going back to the, the 90s when most of the players I had in the team if they were lucky, got £200 a week basic wage. That was that was probably tops. Mm. I just remarked, how can you afford them? You know, you must be getting mm. uh, something, do, must be doing something on the side or do, earning some extra money. Just joking in the dressing room. And um, he then started having a bit of banter with Neil about, let's see your underpants. So, I think the lads actually whipped your tracksuit bottom off, didn't mm. they, and you this. And in fairness, he did have these... <laughs> Massive pair of underpants on. They weren't silk boxer shorts by any means. So that was the banter for the yeah. from probably forty-five minutes from kickoff right up until the start of the game, or until they went out the tunnel. And as soon as they went down the tunnel, I says to Neil, Neil, get his under because he'd taken he'd taken a bit of a pasting from them. I said, um, get your underpants off, get your tracksuit bottom off, and get uh, Carruthers' new silk boxer shorts. Get them on. So he put them on, and we were just about to leave the dressing room, so I said, I'll tell you what, get everybody's underpants on. So he went and put everybody's underpants on, so he, he had uh, the teams and the sub had their underpants on, and, and uh, sat in the back of the dugout, and we were giggling to one another throughout the game, and, and, he, and he sweats a little bit as well, so I could imagine what's happening. <laughs> and and uh, end of the game came, and complete coincidence, you can check his Carruthers gets the winning goal. And you know, if you're in a dressing player who gets the winning goal, he's he's even more cock a hoop, so he's in there and laughing and joking. He happened to be first in the bath, first out the bath. And out the bath he came, I'm never gonna remember, I'll never forget it rather. Um, first thing you do is go and put your underpants on, don't you? 
So he went to his trousers to get his underpants, of course, they're on his, round his backside at the time. And um, he shouted out, some scow something has nicked my underpants. <laughs> so um, all the lads were laughing. But one by one, when they get out the, the bath, Vince Oves and Cranny and all them, Gleg on, they were going, hey, my underpants have gone as well. So they were blaming Scouse YTS, people who come in with the, the tea at half time or whatever. And so I said, you know, get in the toilet now and get your tracks at the bottom off and just walk in with the. With all these pants on. With all the pants on. Yeah. And let me tell you, Martin, he was huge. He was big. Like big, a giant nappy. Big man anyway, but he was huge. Yeah. So then he came and he just stood in the middle of the floor. I'll never forget it. Corolla says, My effing underpants better not be next to your backside. And of course, made it even funnier because they were. Yeah. And he, one by one, he took the underpants off, threw them up in the air. And of course, he was left standing with the very last pair, which was Martin Carrozzi's. And by then, the dressing room—it was in—it was in hysterics. Everyone, everyone saw the funny side of it. Except Martin. Except Martin Carrozzi's. <laughs> not even Martin Carrozzi's in fairness, because yeah, I think that was the great thing about the team—they had to respond all the time to to things that happened, and 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 they did. So there was a unbelievable team spirit we had, which which helps you helps any football club. And this fellow was huge in that. Mm. He was, well, I could ask him to do anything and that was a great thing he would have done it for me. The loyalty was there. I even tested that loyalty one week. I shouldn't have done because I knew he was loyal to me. But I made out that I was very, very angry with George. Andrews. Yeah. George Andrews. And that I was banning him from the ground because of something he said on the radio. He hadn't said anything, to be truthful. So he waited for George Andrews to come to pick up his match tickets, unbeknown to me, grabbed them and threw them in the kit room and then tied them up and then bound and gagged them. And at kick-off time, I forget who we were playing. Port Vale. Port Vale. One of the staff comments put his head round the dugout and says to me, boss, uh, George Andrews is bound and gagged in the, ki- in the kit room. Should we let him out? And I said, what are you talking about? And it was him, he tied him up and left him in there, and he was supposed to be doing the commentary, obviously. And all because I'd said in the office, he's barred, I'm going to get him out of here. And he waited for him to pick up his tickets, grabbed them, threw them in, and that was, that was a sign of his loyalty to me. And John Rudge came past. Yeah. He was that very Yeah. And he was laughing his head off. I, I think we all were. <laughs> But that, that, that man, uh, and we've got pictures of it, that was a sign of his, of his loyalty to me. And I never doubted that, I just wanted to, it was just another wind-up, really. Lou, Neil, it's been great, we could go on. It's been great, reminiscing. And you can see from the two of you how much you enjoyed that period. Great really? period in your lives. Mm. And it's great to see you back together as Neil and the other man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Martin. <laughs>